The following program has been furnished and paid for by Kevin Seven Financial Services, and KSCV is not responsible for its content or the products or services offered. Welcome to Your Finances with Kevin Seven here on KSEV, a show about finance and retirement planning. And now, here's your host, Kevin Coogley. Hello, and welcome to Your Finances. And this is Kevin Seven, K-E-V-I-N-S, and the number seven on KSEV 700 AM, The Voice. And we are here today to take your questions on the air at 281-558-KSEV. And if you don't want to speak on the air, then we always have a number that you may call and you can schedule an appointment with us at 877-KEVINS-7. That's K-E-V-I-N-S, the number seven. So in case you're in, you got a piece of paper next to you and you can write, it's called eight. It's the number is 877-538-4677. And if you're a more private person and don't want to talk about the financial situation that you have on the air, then call that number and we can schedule a time to visit with you one-on-one. You can call right now or anytime. My assistant, Susan, is standing by to take your call and get you on the calendar. So... We're going to start the show here, and we got Gary in the office with us, in the studio with us. Hello. Your finances is going to talk about your finances, obviously, and our, the core of what we do is financial planning. So the goal of this is to make your, your financial life easier by taking you from financial confusion to financial confidence. And we want to give you a fresh perspective Uh, something that you might not have heard before on the radio or seen on TV. So hopefully we can deliver that in the next hour. I'm confused. I mean, this is, this is confusing. I'll come out and say it. This Mm. is this whole, thank God there are people like you out there that can make things a lot easier to understand. We had a good talk earlier again, and I just absorb all this like a little sponge. Uh, like you said, what is Kevin Seven? What does that mean? What, what, is that your real name, Kevin Seven, on your certificate? Yeah, my real name's Kevin Coogley. You got the uh, Kevin Seven is the firm, and believe it or not, it was founded outside of KSEV. And so, the, yeah, the Kevin Seven is a foundational portfolio that we use of seven different stocks, and it's kind of like the, the gas, gasoline in the tank that we use to drive performance. And it's had superior performance. It's actually outperformed the S and P five hundred doubled it over the last 15 years. So the fuel to drive the car, you need to have results whenever you're investing. And that's Kevin Seven has done a fantastic job. Now, also, you got to know where if you if you fueled up your car, you got to know where you're driving to. Right. Exactly. So that's where financial planning comes in. And we break that down into investment planning, retirement planning. We take a look at people's insurance, education planning. And the big part of it also is the tax planning. We also look briefly into estate planning. If Usually most people are covered there with the estate exem- exemption so high right now. But that's something also that we look at. Where's your office at? Yeah, so the office in Houston is located over on Post Oak, north of Westheimer. So that's 2200 Post Oak Boulevard. 
And there's a new gallery, there's a gallery furniture right over there. Uh, I think there's two gallery furnitures there. I remember watching Mattress Mac. Save you money. Yeah, there you go. When I was a teenager here in in suburbia, Houston, I remember Mattress Mac. He's got another, I think that's his daughter. Somebody told me his daughter's uh, over there on Post Oak as well. So that's where our office location is. And we're available to meet with people there at our Post Oak location. For people who are in East Houston, you know, don't want to drive all the way into inside the loop or actually to the west side of the loop, we have an alternative option that we can meet with people downtown Houston as well. So so there's different options. A lot of people like to just meet via Zoom these days. So Zoom is a big big way to meet, and it's because it's convenient. You don't have to sit in traffic all day, right? Yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. That's what I do with my doctors now. They do that on Zoom. Everything's so easy, and they can tell by looking at you if you're sick or not sometimes. Yeah, yeah, we do. We do the same thing. That's a great point about going to a doctor, and you want to fully disclose Everything that you have wrong with you, if you're on any medi- other medications, if uh, you had any surgeries in the past, the same thing should be the case whenever you're talking to a financial advisor. And the first time you go to a financial advisor, you want to be very open so that they can give you recommendations on a holistic basis. So holistic, what does holistic mean? Holistic is just essentially you're looking the, the person that you're working with, they're looking at everything involved, right? The more information that you provide, your provider has, whether it be a health care provider or a wealth care provider, mm-hmm. the more information that you give them, the better their prescription is going to be for you. That we're, makes sense? We're live today, by the way, folks, and our number is 281-558-5738, 281 281- Five five eight five seven three eight or KSEB, that's the number is five seven three eight KSEB. Okay, um, yeah. we were talking something about Dave Ramsey. Do you work? Do you know him? Do you talk to him? Yeah, well, we we, we uh, work. I am a, a SmartVestor Pro, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like the basics for people to get started whenever they're looking at their finances. So he has these baby steps. The first baby step is that you put $1,000 aside in an emergency fund. And then the second one is you pay off all of your credit card debt. So he's a big believer in paying off credit card debt. And for the general population, that's usually the best case scenario. So and then you move it to baby step number three. By the way, that's seven, two. We have this recurring theme of seven. He has seven baby steps. So his third step is that put three to six months worth of income into a a savings account for your emergency fund. And the number four is a big one. And this is where we start with Kevin seven and I start me, Kevin, personally start working with people when they are at baby step number four, and they've been on that step for some time. Baby step number four for the Ramsey smart vest for the Ramsey process is that you put in 15% into your retirement account. So you put in 15% and have it, usually it's always best if you can have it automatically deducted out of your paycheck, whether it be a Roth or Roth 401k or a Roth 403b or a traditional 401k or a traditional 403b, you can put 15% his recommendation, right? 
So they'll max you out. You have certain maxes that you hit once you're in that threshold. So those are the baby steps, and he's an advocate of. And so, and I'm, we always follow the, the, the Ramsey baby steps in the seven to get people up and running up to baby step number four. And eventually, you know, the goal is to get to number seven, where you, uh, you're building wealth and you're giving to people, right? Very interesting. You mentioned Roths, and, and, and it brings up another question that I have for you. Yeah. Roth and the IRAs and traditional as well. What are the differences, and is there tax differences as well? Yeah, so you have within a traditional IRA a, t- a deduction when – are you talking about 401K or IRA? Uh, 401K. Okay, yeah, 401K. Yeah. So a 401K is a pre-tax, meaning the money goes from your paycheck directly into your account, into your 401K account pre-tax. So a dollar is a dollar. They don't take any taxes out of that when it goes into a traditional 401k. Wow. However, you're going to have to pay taxes on that, income taxes, when that money comes out when you retire, hopefully past the age of 59 and a half, because they tax you on any retirement account, whether it's a 401k or, or an IRA, before the age of 59 and a half, the, the IRS does that 10% penalty. 10%, so, woo. Yeah, so you want to avoid that. So, But with the 401k, you are getting tax-deferred growth. And as Einstein said, money co- – he said the, the biggest entis- entity and the, the most powerful entity in the universe is the power of compounding. And compounding happens a lot faster in a tax-deferred account. So that's the advantage of a 401k. You have to, the disadvantage is that you take the money out, you have to pay taxes on the back end. The Roth is, there's trade-offs in everything in life, right? Oh, so yeah. the, the, the trade-off in moving your money into a Roth is that has to be after tax dollars, right? So we talked about a dollar is a dollar. Well, if you're in the 25% income tax bracket, then that uh, dollar, you're going to have to pay 25 cents on it to go into the Roth, and you're only getting the 750 in the Roth. So that's the trade-off. You're paying taxes in your Roth 401k when you put the money in after taxes. It's the contribution into the 401k, if it's a Roth, is an after-tax contribution. So that's the negative trade-off. The positive trade-off there is that at the end of retirement, you don't pay a penny on any withdrawal from a Roth 401k, just like an IRA. I like that. You mentioned 59 and a half, and there's another number involved with this also that you just mentioned to me that I didn't know about, about 70. What's the age limit? For yes, that? this year is age 73. And for people who have an IRA, a traditional IRA, an R, they, have to be, uh, they have to be concerned about an RMD. So, <laughs> wow, these are acronyms. What we need that? to always b- b- break them down, right? So an IRA is an individual retirement account. Right. Okay. So what's an RMD? That's a required minimum distribution that the IRS makes people start taking withdrawals out of their traditional IRA once they hit the age this year. It's age 73. It so, could change. Yeah. The way it's in, yeah. yeah. They're going to uh, 2025. It's going to be actually increased. So it's uh 
that's a new act that was signed into law last year, and it was actually advantageous to. It actually worked out good for people, you know, in the age age range of 70 to 75. It, it was a pretty good uh, an act for them. So, but that's something that sh- people should be aware of, and usually your company that you hold your retirement account in will make you aware of what your RMD or your required minimum distribution is. So you're going to get, uh, either way, you're going to get it at one age or another age, but that's all right. That's the way the government makes their money. Yeah, they, 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 the, the IRS incentivizes people and the, the federal government incentivizes people to put their money in to retirement accounts early on in life and they get these benefits tax tax deferral creates a huge a higher compounding effect right than if you just had to pay taxes on the account every year so huge benefit for people everybody should sign up for their employer retirement account particularly if they have matches you know some people i just tell people straight up you're throwing money away if you are not putting if you ha- if your company has a match of say three percent dollar for dollar, you're throwing money away. You got to at least do three percent, and we try we recommend people again do the fifteen percent. But uh, the earlier people get this in life, the better off they're going to be financially. And the whole point of Kevin Seven and doing this financial planning firm is so that people can make decisions and they don't have to be dependent on their work at some point they could leave their company and they have the financial security to know that they're going to have a certain income stream in retirement so that's the whole basis of what we do here's my question here this is a good question i think uh okay i'm in texas i live in ohio eventually i'm going to probably go back and Mm -hmm. say i'm in with your company Mm -hmm. does it stay there do i have to change when i go to another state yeah we have clients move out of state well not actually we have a lot of people moving into texas right yeah so you're you're going to be moving if you're moving into ohio from texas you're going to be going to a state that has income taxes but the main thing is most financial advisors they can work with you wherever and so you know the most clients that we brought on board over the last two or three years we've brought them on board through zoom and so got clients everywhere and they move and a lot of them are moving out of California to a, a tax a non-tax non-state income tax state right and there's quite a few out there you have Nevada Washington although yeah Washington people are moving out of there then you have Texas Tennessee and Florida so those tend to be the biggest those last three states are the largest influx of new people so yeah, you can move anywhere and you can still connect with your financial advisor. It's usually they, the financial advisor has to get licensed in the state that that you move to, but that's usually not a big deal. Hey, yeah. So you probably you have people out of state? That, yes. And you have a couple of licenses for different states? Mm-hmm. Can that be hectic or is it just a matter of a minute or two to take paperwork? Yeah, it's just a little bit of paperwork for some state. That like if there was a state that I wasn't licensed in that somebody moved to, it only takes a a day to get it up and running for the uh, the uh, person for me to get licensed in that state. So not well, this, a big deal. This is interesting stuff. We're going to continue that here on Kevin Seven. Now this is Gary. Just call me Gary. I'll try to be a friend here. You can call us at two eight one five five eight five seven three eight two eight one five five eight KSCV. We'll be right back. 
Having a hard time knowing what kind of income you may expect in retirement? Kevin Seven is a financial planning firm. We take you from financial confusion to financial confidence. A financial plan takes into account what you're making, spending, and saving, and forecasts that into the future. Call us at 877-KEVIN-7. That's 877-538-4677. We can schedule an appointment for you via Zoom, phone, or even in person. Or visit us on our website at kevin7.com. K-E-V-I-N-S, the number 7.com. So an FBI document reveals that Beijing Biden and his crackhead son, Hunter, were shaking down a Burisma executive for millions of dollars. They coerced him, and the Ukrainian oligarch says he has the tapes to prove it. It bears pointing out the FBI didn't turn this document over to congressional investigators. It was leaked by a patriot who doesn't back traitors in the White House or the FBI. We talk about it on the next Chris Salcedo Show. See you at 7 after Lance on AM 700 KSEV, the voice of Texas. Phone lines are open now. Call 281-558-5738. That's 281-558-KSEV. Name of the firm is Kevin Seven, and we are talking about finances. We might jump around a little, talk a little bit about the economy and and what's going on with the markets. Well, tell us what what is going on with the markets. How about the economy? Is it better? Is it worse? Yeah, it's uh, the economy. Let's break down. What are the what is the economy and what are markets? The economy is essentially you're looking back, backwards, right? So you get economic data, and it'll tell you where you've been. A lot of people have been trying to forecast the economy, and they say, oh, yeah, there's a recession coming. This has to be the most forecasted recession ever that's happened. But let me tell you, the, the economy was actually in a recession last year. And the first two quarters of last year created the recession. So we look at I look at economic and market reports on a daily basis and look at that the economy see how it affects the whole reason for looking at an economy or looking at the his, historical data is looking to see what the markets may do right so markets have been fantastic unless you've been in the Nasdaq the last week or so the Dow Jones Industrial has been on a tear recently. It's uh, had the, the most amount of weeks that have gone up since 2017. So we've had a really good Dow Jones Industrial average. The S&P 500, um, by the way, the, the Dow Jones is an index that people use to invest in. It's 30 industrial stocks, right? It's been right. around for a long time. You usually see that on the news. Then you'll see the S&P 500. None of, neither of these indexes are equally weighted, right? So 
What does that mean? Equal. So there, there's uh, something called sectors within an index like the S&P 500. You have the S&P 500, 500 largest stocks. The largest sector, and it's overweighted, in the S&P 500 is tech. Now, we talked uh. a while back about Apple just hitting the $3 trillion market valuation. So Wall Street is, a firm, is a assigning a value to Apple computer of over $3 trillion. So the S&P 500 is made up of the tech sector, and that's 30% of the overall weighting of the S&P 500. So you have an overweight of the S&P 500. And just to give you a, you know, a little bit of background of the S&P 500 and how it works, that sector is bigger than in industrials, financials, and consumer staples combined. What are sectors? So, great question. Sectors might have, uh, like this uh, KSEV, if it was a publicly traded company, it would be a communications sector, right? So this is a communications company, and there is a communications sector. You also have a financial sector. You also have a tech sector. And depending on what's going on in the economy, certain sectors will outperform other sectors. So, and you can actually buy into the sectors, although we don't do that. We just look at the sectors to tell us which recommendations to make in this Kevin 7 portfolio. So the, the sectors, right, they'll, they'll perform differently based on what's going on in the economy. Recently, the financial sector has had an uptick. The banks, the week before last, passed their stress tests. They have regional banks, too. That one, there, there's a sector ETF called, by the way, an ETF is an exchange-traded fund, okay? Got it. So you can buy into the regional sector, uh, the regional bank sector, and that's called KRE, the one that that I look at, right, for performance to see what that sector is doing. That took a hit back when you had those regional banks crash, right? Oh, I remember that. Yeah, it went down bad. But now it's starting to stable, stabilize, and it's, it's come back. So that's something for people who are looking at the market and the economy. They uh, look at different sectors, right? So we don't recommend people buy in into individual sectors. It's just a way that we use to kind of give you an idea of how we construct or how I construct the Kevin 7 portfolio for people so that we maintain a diversification. And when something goes down, potentially something else will go up. You want to have a, a, an investment that usually will have a balance of zigzagging. You want diversification, but you do not want over-diversification. So what does diversification mean? So... If you just went into KRE oh. as one ETF in one sector, you're not diversified. That would have been a really bad thing back in February because that KRE, Regional Bank Index, tanked. So, therefore, it's very important to have diversification and at least with seven. That's what we have. We have a diversification of seven different stocks. So you, you invest your money, you go into something that gives you diversification, you know, five, seven different stocks or more or less or keep it around the same. That's good diversification. Unfortunately, we, the problem that we see when we 
do a Zoom call with people and they share their portfolio, they have over diversification. We'll see, uh, it gets ridiculous at some point, we'll see 50 to 75 different mutual funds in one account and each mutual fund has actually 30 different stocks in it and over diversification is bad. Now you mentioned, not to interrupt you, uh, on this line about well, indicators is what you mentioned. If you see something happening here, this is probably going to happen next. Is, am I right in saying that? Yeah, there's, there's different things that uh, – the biggest thing that anybody investing in the stock market should be looking at is what the Federal Reserve is doing, right? So this Wednesday coming up, there's going to be a, a Fed funds announcement – and more than likely, the prediction is, is that they're going to raise it 0.25%. Uh-oh. So this, whenever you look, this is one reason we actually, I actually, at the beginning of last year, moved everybody out of stocks at one point. Because the Fed was very clear in how they were going to behave in the future. They telegraphed it. They said, we're going to raise rates. And... Over my 26, 27 plus years, if there's anything I ever learned, it is never fight the Fed. So yeah. now you you got to balance what you're you're looking at these indicators, right? But at some point, we're talking about the economy looks backward, the markets look forward. At some point, you, you know, over a long period of time, the stock market by far beats anything out there as far as an investment choice goes, even real estate. And I've lived in some areas that have highly appreciated real estate before the S&P 500 still blows it away. So you want to make sure as uh, an investor that you have a financial advisor that is looking at the economy. And looking at the markets, looking at the indicators. Looking out for you. Yes, looking out for you. And most of them are fiduciaries these days. The markets are the, – the industry is a, is a very clean industry, and the majority of financial advisors out there are strong. And so it's uh, – every once in a while, you'll get a bad apple, and that's the – if there's any ever benefit to a down market, usually it, it clears out the bad apples within the industry. So, but yeah, they financial advisors, most of them these days, they are fiduciaries and they're just looking out, you know, they're looking out, they're putting your interest first as they should, right? Do you think the markets, with the way everything is going on, at recession, whatever is happening right now, uh, do you think they're going to go down? Certain parts of the market are a concern right now. There's something called the RSI index. That's the uh, relative strength index. So within there's certain kinds of analysis when you're looking at stock. The two are fundamental and technical. The technical analysis right now on Megatech, and we're going to see Google. It's actually called Alphabet, but I still call them Google, (laughs) right? G-O-O-G is their ticker symbol. They're going to announce earnings this week. I think it's Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And so, again, they're looking forward into the future. Every stock, that's why you're taking on risk, and you should get paid a premium whenever you buy a stock rather than what a, a money market it pays or anything else. You're looking forward into the future, and you're taking on risk in your 
betting on the fact that this company is going to have strong earnings. So that's why it's very important to look at the earnings whenever they come out on a quarterly basis. And Google, they're going to have their earnings released this coming Tuesday, and that's going to be a a, a big driver, I guess, of what's going to go in the tech sector. But getting back to what you were asking, yeah, it's it's looking overbought right now. They have these things called moving averages that the technical analysts look at. And right now, the tech industry, mega tech in particular, is looking overbought. So they're, again, that's just one sector that we're talking about. We're talking about sectors. That sector is is has got some red flags going off and from a technical analysis standpoint whereas other sectors like financials not so much right they they look like they might have more value because not as many people have bought into them there there's that concern of the regional banking crisis so they're leery so, yeah it just depends on the part of the market that you're looking at now we're just talking about from a tactical standpoint, and this is the whole reason to have a money manager, they should be looking at your account from a tactical standpoint. Tactical, there's a difference, right? So you have a strategy. The overall strategy over a long period of time, anybody who's got a, a portfolio, they're not going to use that money, and they've set aside their portfolio. And again, financial planning helps with this, and this is how you can figure out how much money it is that you need to set aside that you're not going to use for five years, that should be exposed to stocks. So the overall strategy of that part of the financial plan when we're looking at an asset allocation is that they have their money they're not going to use for five-plus years be exposed to the stock market. That's the strategy. Within that strategy, tactically, we want to deliver the highest return possible for those stocks, right? And that's where the Kevin 7 comes in. That's a pl that's playing it safe because no one knows what's going to really happen, uh, even though it's happened before. We've been through a lot of, well, not a whole lot, but stock market crashes. That's right. Are they built in right now to the point where they can, well, they do. They can shut it down right away, can't they? They didn't do back. I don't Why didn't they oh, do yeah. it back in 29? Yeah, it's, uh, it, well, they have, yeah, they're built in mechanisms. I, you know, I don't really see a crash happening I, within the next year. So we will have a pullback at some point. So this first six months of the year, it was pretty it, not volatile. It was, it was pretty steady up. The S&P 500 and the NASDAQ have been on a, an absolute tear. They've done fantastic. So hopefully all the listeners have had exposure to this fantastic performance in the beginning of the year. I now, did. the second half of the year, the data and the research that I look at on a daily basis, it's telling me that it's going to be a lot more volatile the second half of the year. Roller coaster right. ride kind of thing? What's that? A roller coaster ride. Yes, exactly. That's a roller coaster. Yeah. It, volatility means it's going to be going up and down more. And so it can make for shakier investors. And again, it goes back to why people should use a financial advisor. And you have some good financial advisors here on the station that uh, speak during the week. I know Rick and Steve have good shows. And you'll want to find somebody like that or me that can help you whenever these volatile times occur because you know it's be it's behavior behavior matters and if somebody 
pulls out of the market, like the, uh, December of last year, it was brutal uh, in December of last year. Don't panic. Yeah, you don't panic. And that's where the value of a financial advisor comes in. And actually, Russell, which is an investment company, they don't have financial advisors that work for them, that work with the general public, but they create a financial advisor survey. And what is the value of a financial advisor? They actually put that at 5.12% a year. So that's the value. Most of that's behavioral. You know, obviously, there's financial planning and tax planning, but it's keeping people in the market when they should be, right? And then doing the, t- the tactical things that you can do where, you know, you can get increase your your return and results. Or playing right? it safe, right, to a point. Yeah. You well, that's go. the whole point of financial planning. You want to make sure that you're – we minimize the risk of – Try to get it to nothing for your essential payments. We want your essential payments that you have in retirement covered by a guaranteed income, whether it be Social Security, a pension, or creating a sort of a private pension that is guaranteed by an insurance company or by an investment bank through the form of a structured note. 281-558. almost forgot. gave my phone number. 281-558-5738. 281-558-KSCB is the number you can call. And uh, ask Kevin seven uh, questions or, or concerns or anything. That, that, that works. That's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm coming out of my own brain trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, it can be uh, – you sound like you know what you're talking about. Yeah, and it, gets con- it can get it, confusing. Oh, yeah. I've got PhDs that are clients, and they, they say, uh, Kevin, this stuff get, get confusing. And thank you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention that on the air because – you can be very brilliant in your area of expertise. And then whenever you, you speak to a financial advisor, you should never have any fear, right, of asking a question. They, the, the more that you understand, the better off that, uh, that you are, right? Correct. We talked about uh, sizes and styles. We want. I thought you were talking about shoe sizes and styles of clothing. <laughs> what, what are sizes? Yeah, sizes. <laughs> we talked about sectors. Now we'll talk about sizes and styles, which would be a, a fun thing for uh, clothing and, and all that. But so within the uh, stocks, its sizes are the, talking about the value that Wall Street assigns to a company. We talked a couple of weeks ago about Apple crossing the $3 trillion mark. So that $3 trillion is the value that Wall Street assigns to Apple. And that is the largest size company. So you go down, you can get really small size companies as well. Usually, it's best to go into a form of private equity whenever you're looking at smaller companies. But if you're looking at those indexes, the Russell 2000 is a way to look at smaller type companies that are publicly traded. So those are th- that those are different sizes, and we can talk about public versus private in a moment too. But moving on to styles, there are two major kind of styles. You have growth, and then you have value. So a growth is looking more towards the future and more of a technical analysis. So they're they're wanting to see a growth of a company. I mean, just keep it simple, right? It's gr- they want to see a company grow. So that would be a growth investor. They would invest in a growth stock. A value is traditionally, back in the day, it was Warren Buffett's game. He would go look for companies that are undervalued. 
So he would look for companies that have large cash flows and that pay dividends, which is kind of the opposite of a growth company, right? A cash cow company would be a value company, whereas back 25 years ago, Google would have been a growth company. So that you, those are the two kinds of different styles. So there's a mix. You can have large cap growth. You can have small cap value and mix all four of those in different ways. So those are usually with publicly traded companies. And so they're all reportable and you can see them on the, in the newspaper or on the internet. Uh, whatever the value of the company is on a daily basis, they're governed by the SEC. They usually, they always report quarterly earnings. So that means you'll be able to see how much money that they're making on a quarterly ba basis. Like we mentioned, Google Alphabet is going to be releasing earnings next week. And then, so you have that, it, uh, that's a public company. Now, there are private companies, too, and we're big supporters of small businesses. And usually, small businesses are not publicly tra traded companies. They're privately held companies. An example here would be HEB, right? Great company, local Texas company. You go in, you cannot buy that company on the stock exchange, right? Because it's privately held. There are individuals who have stock certificates for that, but they're not governed by the SEC because they're private. So what's the difference, of, uh, positive and negative, of, of being private and, and not going, you know, all out and let everybody buy a share of their stock? So from a company perspective, they can raise more capital. They can have more access to cash. So HEB, more than likely, they could have been at a disadvantage in the past because they weren't publicly traded. They couldn't have quick access to cash. But they're privately held. They go to local banks in Texas, and then they can get cash that way. But supposedly it's easier to build, to get capital as a publicly traded company. Now, I think HEB did the right thing in staying private because over a long period of time, if you have the capital you need, there's no reason to be public and then you have a lot more flexibility with your business operation. From an investor standpoint, you most, mostly you only have access to these publicly traded companies, right? Okay. So private, you, we can access people. We use a, a manager, a money manager, that buys and sells privately held companies. So it's... We can only do usually about 10% of somebody's account or their portfolio because they don't have full liquidity. A private equity money manager does not have usually whenever somebody wants cash, they can't get it immediately. Like if, if you owned Apple stock today okay, and then you wanted to sell out of it tomorrow, as long as the market is open, I could sell it at the market price. You can't do that with private equity. If private equity, uh, you're in a money manager with a private equity account, typically they will only have a, a release period once a quarter. So you can only have access to your cash in private, unless you're a qualified investor. Um, but the normal way for what we call retail investors, or the, the, the way that I work with people that are general public, they, they would only have access to their cash once they go into the private equity of at least once a quarter. So it's not as liquid. They couldn't cash out of it. So 
But, you know, the, the one that we use, it's uh, CNL, Levine Lechtman, and they're the guys that started Westwood One, ironically enough, another uh, radio station. And they went into private equity and have done a fantastic job. They did 8% last year. So, I mean, there's a portion of the money. We call these AI. You've heard of AI, artificial intelligence. Yeah. They call these AI in the investment world. It's an alternative investment. So private equity is an alternative investment that people can go into. And usually you'll have, since you only have that quarterly liquidity or you can only access your cash once a quarter, mm-hmm. you know, that's uh, you're, you're, we can only do 10% of somebody's overall account into oh. that. Oh. So it's very little. But, I mean, it, it, it can help enhance. Again, it's that tactical part where we're getting into the nitty-gritty of investing. But the overall, again, overall, stock market is always the outperformer of any thing that you can think of out there. And it compounds on its own. You're buying into good companies that have – people that work hard, that are delivering earnings and results. That's why the S&P 500, I, you know, people ask, well, I'm thinking about buying a house or selling a house and, and you know, flipping a house and then maintenance and all that. Well, you know, it's still housing, is, you buy a house, it's a depreciating asset. The only thing that raises in value is the land. And it's if you're going to start to take on tenants, you're just getting involved in a bigger, a, a, a bigger endeavor that's going to be very time-consuming. It's not as easy as investing in stocks, and it's not going to perform as well as stocks historically. And that's what the data tells us that the stock market's going to outperform real estate. We're talking finances with Kevin Seven two eight one five five eight five seven three eight two eight one five five eight KSEV. Yet. Talk slower, uh, Kevin. Next time I'm still writing this stuff down. Okay. There are three things you need to know when choosing a financial advisor. Number one, experience. Number two, credentials. And number three, judgment ability. I have over 27 years experience in the industry. I am a chartered retirement planning counselor, CRPC, and an MBA. Although past performance doesn't guarantee future results, we can show you that we've delivered results that double the S&P 500. Don't hesitate, call us at 877-KEVIN-7 or visit us on our website, K-E-V-I-N-S, the number seven, dot com. Catch Chris X Radio weekdays at 4, right here on AM 700 KSEV. Representative Elon Omar tweeted out that the Earth broke the record for the hottest day in 120,000 years. Wow, that sounds bad. Considering the first thermometer was invented by Galileo in 1593, I'm not a meteorologist, but it's quite possible at this point she's just making shit up. Chris X Radio, weekdays 4 till 6, right here on The Voice of Texas. Phone lines are open now. Call 281-558-5738. That's 281-558-KSEV. Homegrown country girl, gonna give me a word. On a Tennessee Saturday night. Lucky as a seven, living in heaven. Your finances. 
And here, this is Kevin's Seven, the name of the firm, and my name is Kevin. And we are talking about hopefully something that uh, will give you a little bit of enlightenment and see something that you hadn't heard before and, and trying to take those complex world of finances and make it a little bit simpler. There's something called Occam's Razor, Occam's Razor, and as a theologian back a long time ago, and he said, all things being equal, the simplest solution is the best. So. Ah, very good, very good. We talked about sizes, uh, sectors, sizes, styles. Uh, how does that fit into an asset allocation now? Yeah, an asset allocation is important. We mentioned that you usually don't want to look at putting any money that you don't think that, that you're going to use for the next five years. You don't want to put that into the stock market. Any years five, any money five years plus, you can set that aside that you're not going to use it for five plus years. Then you put that into the stock market. So doing the financial plan, which we can talk about that and how that works and how you would onboard or work in doing it's pretty simple. And then so you have the asset allocation. We're talking about stocks. We use structured notes for income or the balancing out of the portfolio for the next, you know, one year to five years, we use structured notes that are guaranteed by an investment bank or potentially an index annuity so that you cannot lose money on that, but you receive a higher than average rate of return than you would otherwise. Right now, you can go into cash, and anybody listening out there who's got money sitting in a banking account, they know there's just something that does not feel right because that's part of an asset allocation. Cash, stock, or cash, your money sitting in the bank, you know, earning less than 1%, not good. So what you can do is you can set up an account, a non-retirement brokerage account that will hold a money market fund. So we can link that to your checking account and you or your financial advisor can link that where you can move money out of the low interest paying account into an account that pays you. Right now, these money market accounts are paying over 5%. So you think about it. You're make, if you had $100,000 sitting in a bank account and you're maybe making $10, $15, that's not too good, right? Now you get over five grand because these money market rates are paying more. So that's a strong part of the asset allocation. People shouldn't be leaving their money in these low-returning accounts. Talk to a financial advisor, get you a little bit more interest in a money market account. What are these, not to interrupt you, in, in the, that I was figuring this might fit in, the certificate of deposits in that, they're at five-something percent, too. Is that correct? Yeah. Is that, I mean, that's just as good, or is it? Yeah. Well, the, the advantage of a mar- money market versus a CD, usually you have to be locked in with anywhere from three, three months, six months, nine months, a, a year into a CD. A CD is federally insured by FDIC. So anytime that you see now, especially uh, after what's happened, you won't see any financial institution use CD unless it's FDIC insured. So you can go into an FDIC investment and it could be a CD is a cash equivalent if it's a cash CD. So you can go into that 
the difference is a money market's not FDIC insured. Again, there's trade-offs in everything. I think that, you know, if you're getting 5% in a money market versus 5% in a CD, it's better to be in the money market because you have daily liquidity. You can move the money in and out of the money market any day that you'd like. Whereas a CD, you're locked in, you know, for a certain amount of time. Well, you make it sound so easy. That's, 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 That's the only way to go, I think. Money yeah. markets. For a money market, um, now, you never know what's going to happen depending on what goes on with the interest rates. And again, I think the Fed is going to raise rates at least one more time this coming Wednesday. But uh, you you want to – this is why, again, you, you should have a financial advisor monitor your account and adjust it because based on what's happening with the economy and the markets – and interest rates, like we're talking about, coming up to changing on Wednesday, you want to have them make those adjustments, and then they should be informing you as to what to do, and then they navigate it either with you or with your advisor to the, navigate what's going on in the economy and the markets. So, Kevin Seven, um, how about Google? They're going to make this big, important uh, earnings announcement earnings announcement do you do you think good or bad of it i think it might be pretty good it's it's um they've they've clamped down you know uh google owns youtube and used to you could share passwords not that i'm guilty or would ever do anything like that right now uh but uh youtube now you know these family accounts if you're not in the same household with the same address youtube has figured it out, and they're going to start charging people uh, based on their location. If they're not in the same location, they're not going to. So that's that's something that's coming with YouTube. They're finding more ways to monetize their business, right? Yeah. So they make the majority of their 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 earnings based on uh, advertising. So we'll see what happens. That's why they have these. They have an earnings expectation that. All of the analysts on Wall Street expect they actually underperformed last time they announced earnings. So it would be bad if they announced uh, if they were below earnings expectations coming out Tuesday because two back-to-back uh-huh. earn, yeah, yeah, it would not be good for their stock. So uh-huh. there's a lot of – it's kind of another disadvantage of being in um, some of these CEOs with companies – they do manage towards these quarterly earning results, and oftentimes, from a corporate perspective, it's not as good for the company. Whereas being private, like an HEB, they don't manage to they, they don't they don't have to show results in every quarter because they're privately they're privately owned. But anybody who's publicly owned, like a uh, Alphabet or Google, they have to show results, and it would be not good if they result, show results Tuesday that that are negative because they did the quarter before you want to uh i was just looking at the alternative investments could you tell us what they what they are what are alternatives other alternatives yeah well that would be like the private equity is an alternative investment and then they have hedge funds hedge yeah yeah hedge funds there's all kinds of different hedge funds and hedge funds by the way you usually can't get into these unless you have like five million dollars the ironic thing of the industry is that hedge funds, they charge 2%, which is way more than any financial advisor would ever charge usually, right? So they charge not only 2%, but 20% of the profit. So from a cost perspective, the big money, right, you got to have a few million to go into hedge funds usually. 
they're they're charging more than your average financial advisor out there. But you're making money back, though, right? Good returns. Oh, yeah. People wouldn't be doing it. They they wouldn't be putting millions of dollars in those hedge funds unless they were making some kind of a heck of a result, right? How does all of this fit into financial planning that we talked about? Yeah, you want to have the results. It's I don't want to ever under we talk a lot about financial planning and the the core foundation of how I work with people is the financial planning but again that the financial planning is like driving to a, a, a country club or a grocery store you've never been to you have no idea how to get there and you need to have ways or something else to tell you how to get there that's what a financial plan does and so whenever somebody is leaving, they go to the grocery store, they, they know where they're going. And that's what the financial plan does. It'll tell you what kind of an income you can receive and what kind of, you know, based on your life expectancy, obviously, if you have, we usually do it, ending it at 90. But uh, yeah, from that standpoint, people should every always do the financial plan. The gas in the car, though, is always the, the investment part of it. And you, you can't really have a financial plan unless you've got good gas in your car, right? How do we get the hold of you? Again, call 877-KEVINS-7. That's K-E-V-I-N-S, right? With a number seven. Thanks for listening to Your Finances with Kevin Seven. If you have a question for Kevin during the week, you can give him a call at 877-KEVIN-7. Or you can email him at K-E-V-I-N-S, the number seven, dot com. And tune in again next Sunday at 1 o'clock for Your Finances with Kevin Seven, right here on KSEV. Kevin Coogley is a registered representative with securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member of FINRA SIPC. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision.